It is 105, time for the employment hour. Again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com, and the number 1-855-821-5900. Sunday, let's roll. Lots got a busy show today, so we'll get into this uh, right away, my friend. Week that was, it's how we start. That's right, John, and welcome uh, to all our listeners. Now, a lot of people that are listening to us today may be interested in this whole uh, future shop scenario that we've been uh, hearing mm. about in the news, and I've been involved in that and have been uh, doing a bunch of interviews because I've spoken to a few people, and I, I really have some information I want to discuss. We'll talk about that uh, after the break, but let's talk about uh, the week that was, some uh, situations that I saw this week that I think our, our listeners may be interested in because they may uh, be in that situation or know someone that, uh, that okay. is in that situation. So the first one actually has to do with a, a very important rule that I have when it comes to employment law, and that rule is you do not mess with maternity leave, or you do not mess with a pregnant woman. Don't mess with mama. You don't mess with it, okay? And, and it's shocking to me, literally daily, how many people try to mess with it. Now, uh, I had probably this week alone about a half a dozen calls from employees and employers mm-hmm. with various issues uh, surrounding maternity leaves, other situations where the employee uh, is uh, told their employer that they are going on maternity leave only to be let go shortly thereafter. Uh, situations very common where the employee is set to come back from maternity leave. They're told they don't have a job or they come back from maternity leave given a very different job. I've had employers calling me, asking me, well, I have this employee I want to let go and I just found out today that the person is pregnant. What do I do? So I thought it'd be helpful to start off the show uh, but, but talking very briefly about that, uh, and that is, here's what the law says about these situations. Uh, a, a woman on a maternity leave or a woman that's pregnant has some very significant protections in the law, okay? okay? Very significant. They're not allowed to be fired because they're pregnant. They're not allowed to be fired because they are on maternity leave or about to take it. Uh, they have to be given their same job back, okay? The Employment Standards Act here in Ontario requires the employer to give them back the same job. So the employer can't say, well, wait a second, we like the replacement better, so we're going to keep the replacement and, and either not bring the, uh, the woman back from maternity leave or give her a different job. So it's very simple. You cannot let someone go because they're on mat leave, because they're pregnant. You have to take them back to the same job. There's no exceptions to this rule. Now, uh, where... Problems arise for employers if they don't follow these very simple rules. They're going to not only only be liable for severance. That severance may actually be enhanced, but there's also going to be exposure to human rights damages. So every single time when I get a call from a woman, uh, usually it's a woman, of course, that uh, that says, "Well, I'm on the leave, maternity leave, and my employer is not bringing me back." I'm just shaking my head. What is that employer thinking about? Uh, they uh, they really, really are breaching a very fundamental obligation. So remember that employers, remember that employees. Uh, you have rights on maternity leave. There's no exception to those rights. And an employer has to allow you to take a mad leave, to bring you back, same position, same compensation, very few exceptions. Gotcha. Okay? Okay. Important. Second situation I'll talk about is uh, a case that I resolved this week. This one really was a head scratcher for me. Uh, my client, uh, a fairly senior executive at a, at a major company that you would recognize, had worked for that company for 12 years. Now, that part of the business was sold uh, last year. And as part of the transaction, she was offered a job with a new company, the buyer, yes. and, and accepted and started working there. And uh, over the ensuing three to four months, uh, the, the, the new company continued discussing some compensation terms. There's various bonuses that this employee was entitled to. So the employer continued negotiating what those bonuses are going to look like. 
they could not reach an agreement. So what the employer says, well, wait a second, even though you worked for us for the last three to four months, we don't actually think you are our employee because we never really finalized the terms of your employment. So you're gone and you're not our employee, so we don't have to pay you anything. And the old company, the company that sold the business, says, what are you talking about? You're their employee. So we have two companies pointing fingers at each other saying, no, no, she's your employee. No, no, she's your employee. And this employee that's worked for 12 years, long service, good compensation, is left there holding the bag, not getting any severance. Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So how did it resolve? It resolved on the fact, on the basis that, in fact, the company that bought the business had to pay her severance. They inherited her. They inherit as soon as she starts working for that company, it doesn't matter what they thought, what they wanted, what they believed. As soon as she starts working for that company, she's their employee. They have to pay her severance. There are no exceptions to that. They inherit her entire seniority. So on day one there, she had 12 years of service, and she worked for three months. She got paid by that company. Yeah, so they had to pay her several hundred thousands of dollars by way of severance, uh, and very important. Want to talk future shop? It's a big, uh, big story in the news this week. We will get to that. And uh, take your calls as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have uh, compensation difficulties, severance package in front of you, or just a general question about the uh, the topic, feel free to talk to Leo right now. Outside of show hours, 1-855-821-5900. Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900, CHML. One thirteen on your Sunday, the Employment Hour continues. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Leo, L-I-O-R at employmenthour.com. Well, the big news, obviously, this week, it seems like companies that are blue and white are uh, packing up and going out of here. Target first a few months ago and now uh, just hit like a bucket of water over the head. Nobody saw it coming. Future Shop, uh, Terminations uh, galore, as far as that's concerned, is best by, uh, you know, consolidates or at least remains uh, in Canada with some smaller stores. And they're going to take over some Future Shop locations. The other ones are just going to be empty lots for now. So yeah. how does that, uh, how's that all playing out? Well, you know what? What's happened as soon as the the news hit, uh, I started getting calls from people that have uh, been, uh, you know, the uh, the casualties of these uh, events. People that have lost their jobs because their store, the the store where they worked at, uh, closed down. So the way it all kind of happened is they were called into meetings. You know, supposed mm-hmm. to be a quarterly meeting yesterday, you know, around seven a.m. in the morning, and uh, not thinking any anything of it, and found out then most of them that the store is closing now, effective immediately. So you know we're not going to be opening up the doors at uh, nine o'clock today. Wow. We're done. You're done. Most of them weren't even able to get their belongings. They're going to be a different time for them to do that. And they were all handed uh, severance letters, severance packages, and a lot of these uh, folks, a few of them at least, contacted me uh, to to do smart. to ask me to do Very exactly smart. what I do, yep. which is to review their severance offers. And that's where the problem started uh, for me in that uh, the, the offers that I've reviewed, and again, I've, I've only done it for a few people right now, and, and this is still at a preliminary stage, but the offers that I've seen were completely inadequate. Okay, sure. they, were, they were inadequate often to the tune of less than half of what these people are owed. Wow. Uh, and uh, th- there were several issues. Number one, it was the number of weeks or months that uh, Future Shop had offered. The other was the way that they calculated the weekly earnings, for example. Uh, if you're a commissioned salesperson, yes. uh, how, is, how are you supposed to have your income calculated for severance purposes? We're going to look at an average. We'll look at, let's say, an, uh, what do you make in a year uh, and, and use that to create a weekly average or a monthly average and use that to calculate se- severance. In some of these cases, what uh, Future Shop did is they've used the last six weeks of income uh, to, to calculate severance. The problem with that is when is the slowest time of the year for someone like a Future Shop? Right after Christmas. Right after Christmas, over the last couple of months. Smart. So it's the worst possible time. So their income 
would have been very low, although in the next couple of months it would have been much better. Summer, spring, uh, a, a lot busier retail season. So not only are they not getting enough weeks or months of severance, the way it's calculated... Getting the worst ones. Right. It's, yeah. it's completely inadequate. And, you know, a lot of these folks uh, are now in a very tough situation. They lost their job. They don't uh, have any income. They, they had no notice, no warning. They're done now. And they haven't received proper severance. So that means that now they're going to have to look for work, and they better darn well find it very quickly, because if they don't find it quickly, that money's going to run out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, what I've told these people already, the ones that I've spoken with, is, wait a second, hang in there. The good news is we should be able to get you proper severance. So I'm going to be working with these people, the Future Shop folks, uh, uh, over the next uh, few days to try to improve severance. And I was very surprised to see that. I was very surprised to, to see that severance would be inadequate. For example, Target. We talked about Target. Yeah. Uh, I, I have spoken and met with a few people. For the most part, Target complied with its legal obligations. Wow. Uh, again, Future Shop, at least based on my preliminary view, these folks that I've seen, I was not uh, pleased with the severance that they were offered, and I'm going to try to help them. Now you're going to talk more about this. Of course, you've uh, you've been on Global, talked to Global Mail, been on CTV. You're going to be doing more of that as far as getting the word out there. Yeah. Uh, so people, if they're one of these, uh, the casualties of the closing, will know where to get a hold of you. And basically, that the, the heads up that your, your package probably is not adequate. Yeah, right? and you know, I, I was you know reading the news and then kind of just waiting a, a taking a wait and see approach. But people reached out to me. You know, I have a bit of a higher profile because uh, you know we do this radio show, etc. And uh, I almost kind of became part of the story mm-hmm. in that once uh, uh, the word got out that I was saying that these folks were not getting proper severance, people wanted to talk to me about it. Well, it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to carry the torch for the, uh, the Future Shop employees and, and try to help them in any way that I can. Uh, and what I'll say is that uh, if you're in that situation, if you lost your job as part of the Future Shop restructuring, uh, you may feel pressured to sign off on what you've received. And my understanding is, just from reading some some stories and talking to a few people, is that they were led to believe that they have to accept the severance right now. Of course. Uh, and, and we've talked about that on the show. Well, that is not the case. I'm here to tell you, and you know, if you can hear me now, listen to that. That is not the case. You do not have to accept the severance package on the spot, no matter what you're told. In fact, it's ridiculous for them to even suggest that you have to do that. Okay? So you don't have to do that. Now, for some people... Uh, they may actually be have an opportunity to continue working at a at a Best Buy store. So the sure. the store may become a Best Buy store. Even in that situations, uh, we need to talk because number one, you may still be entitled to severance. Number two, uh, some of these people are told you have to apply for a job uh, as a fresh employee. As a fresh employee, so we wanna we wanna make sure that your seniority carries through. We wanna see what happens if you apply, if you don't apply. So there's various wow. issues to discuss yep. in these situations. So whether or not. You've been offered a job or, or there's an opportunity for a job at a, at a new revamped Best Buy store. Or if simply you're done, uh, give me a call. We'll talk to uh, Joe just before the break. Hello, Joe. Thanks for calling in. You have a question. Yes, uh, I do. Uh, I work for a company. Or a con- I'm in a union shop. I'm turning 64. They usually, when contracts up, they offer it's a package. I'm told if I take a package before I'm 65, it's good. I won't be offered one if I stay after 65. Plus, when I turn 65, all my benefits are nil. Uh, and, uh, you know, everybody's saying, well, you should take the package. It's about a year's salary, I think. And uh, the, the problem is, is, like, where am I going to make that kind of money? And uh, I just want to get your opinion on that. Cool. Well, Joe, the problem is in a union shop, your, your rights begin and end in the collective agreement. So unless the employer is required by way of the collective agreement to do something more or different than what they're, they're doing, 
they don't have that obligation. So it's not so much a question of what the law dictates, because in a unionized environment, the law almost takes a bit of a, of a back seat to what's, the collective, what's in the collective agreement. So I can't answer uh, in terms of what they're obligated to, know, to do without seeing the collective agreement. But what I can tell you is that the, the, the only ones that, that can answer that question uh, with some knowledge and can help you enforce your entitlements if, in fact, you haven't received what you're owed is the union. So the only one that can do that is the union. You have to talk to the union, uh, ask them the questions, get a copy of the collective agreement, and then you'll be able to assess your uh, your own uh, rights. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Give us a call. If you have any questions about stuff we talked about up to this point or any employment questions, we'll get to those. Lior at employmenthour.com and 1-855-821-5900. Want to talk about temporary layoffs coming up. This is one thing that people just... They assume they know what it is, but they probably don't. That's coming up on the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. You have questions as well. You can go to Lior at employmenthour.com through email or 1-855-821-5900. Let's get into this little topic. It's a juicy one, temporary layoffs. Uh, basically, what is it and how is it different than a regular termination of employment? Because there's a large, a chasm of difference. Yes? Yeah, and, and well, the funny thing is that there appears to be a huge, huge difference but in reality, at least in the eyes of the law, they're really no different at all. Right. So you know, let me tell you what I mean by that. Uh, a temporary layoff, and again, just so we're clear, I'm talking in non-unionized environments, yes. okay? So let's remember that. Union situation is very different. In a non-unionized environment, a temporary layoff is supposed to be a situation where the employer lets the employee go only for a period of time with the idea being that they're going to call them back to work at some point in the future. And that's a temporary layoff. That's why it's temporary, that, because the person's going to come back. Now, in Ontario, we have a statute called the Employment Standards Act. And that says that a, a layoff, uh, that you can have a temporary layoff for up to 13 weeks uh, if your benefit coverage is not continued by the employer, or up to 35 weeks if your benefit coverage is continued. So one may think, okay, well, I guess I can be laid off, unfortunately, for 13 or 35 weeks, and uh, not much I could do about that. Well, no, this is where things get interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite what the Employment Standards Act says, despite what I just said, uh, our courts have determined that no, in fact, a temporary layoff is a termination. An employer does not have a right to lay someone off temporarily in the sense that if they do that, the employee is well within his or her right to consider that to be a termination. So why is that? Well, remember we talked about this concept of constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. So if I were to tell you, John, I'm reducing your salary by 50%, you would say, well, clearly that's a constructive dismissal. 50% reduction, that's huge. Well, what if I told you, forget about 50%, I'm reducing your salary by 100%. Well, you wouldn't argue with me then that that's a constructive dismissal. Well, that's what a a layoff is. It's a situation where I'm going to stop paying you. I'm not going to pay you anything. (laughs) So clearly that is a constructive dismissal. So despite what the misconceptions are out there that a temporary layoff could happen and that an employer does have a right to lay someone off temporarily, generally speaking, the answer is no, they don't. So if you're an employee in that situation, you can make a choice. You can allow the employer to do that and wait, and hopefully the employer calls you back at some point, maybe, maybe not. Or you can say, no, that is a termination. I'm going to have to look for another work, but employer, you're going to have to pay me my severance, my full severance, as if you let me go. Same thing. They don't get off flight. They don't get a percentage of your severance. They have to pay what you're owed. They have to pay what they owe you. Now, there are some exceptions to this rule, the idea that an employer has to pay uh, severance or that they cannot lay off someone temporarily. 
usually it comes down to if there's a contract of employment, an employment agreement in place that explicitly gives the employer the right to lay you off temporarily. So if you sign an agreement that says, yes, employer, you can lay me off temporarily, and if you do that, that's not going to be considered determination. Well, in that situation, yes, that, a layoff can happen. Most people are not in that situation. They simply go to work one day and they find out, well, sorry, uh, today uh, we're going to have to lay you off temporarily for a period of time, so go home. Uh, again, that is a termination in the eyes of the law. You don't have to accept it. You can require the employer to pay you severance, or you don't have to. You can wait at home and say, okay, I'll wait, and, and hopefully you'll call me back. Uh, it's really the, the person's call. Most people are very frustrated. They don't know that, have that they have that option. They think their only option is to sit at home. And let's face it, most of us cannot sit at home for 35 weeks without income. Okay. I mean, we need to make a living, right? So even if we get EI for that period of time, that's still not going to be necessarily enough for us to live on. So that's what the severance is for. You, you're going to be entitled to the same severance based on your age, length of employment, and position. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. How often do you see temporary layoffs? I see it all the time. And, sure. and you know, usually it's, and again, I don't want to try to pick on employers here because many employers may think legitimately that they can do that. They may think, well, business is a bit slow, so we're going to lay the person off temporarily, and maybe in a few months, if the business is better, we'll call them back. And they think that because that's what the Employment Standards Act says, not knowing that by doing that, in fact, they've terminated the employment of the employee. So I see that all the time. Both of the employee and employers may be confused as to their own rights and, and obligations. So it's, it's a very common situation. And most employees, when I tell them, no, no, you don't, have to, you don't just have to sit at home and, and hope for the best. You can get your severance right now, today, and move on, are very relieved to hear that. Any situation where it is, I won't say legal, but allowed? Well, two situations, either a contract of employment says that yep. or that you've established that through past practice. So you've, you've had uh, layoffs before, you didn't dispute them, you accepted them. By allowing the employer to do that before, they've arguably gained the right to do it again. So that's another problem with allowing the employer to do the temporary layoff is if you say nothing and you let it happen, it can happen again and again and again. Set precedent, right? Exactly, exactly right. Get to uh, Jerry. Uh, you have a question for Lior. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Lior. Um, hi. I, I've got an opportunity to uh, get a job with uh, a company doing home inspections, and it's a franchise. And the fellow tells me the way it works is for, for me to come on board with them, I would have to pay the liability insurance. They would look after the uh, compensation, but I would be self-employed through them. But I couldn't do any other home inspections under that insurance. Are you getting that? Yeah. Could you do other inspections under different insurance? If I paid insurance again, if I got my own insurance, right? So they wouldn't have a problem with you working for someone else while you're technically working for them? Right. Okay. Right. So at the end of the day, Jerry, I mean, if you're uh, working there, uh, not regular hours, and if you have the flexibility and do, in fact, work for others, either doing other home inspections or, doesn't matter, doing something else completely, you may at law be considered an independent contractor, which means what they've proposed is legal. My concern always is where, uh, in fact, in the eyes of the law, you may be considered an employee and they want to treat you as an independent contractor. But as I said, if you're not working necessarily nine to five, you're kind of working as needed uh, and you, you're doing other stuff on the side, other companies, other businesses, other uh, uh, work, then right. you may in fact be an independent contractor, in which case what they've said is, is, is okay, is not illegal. Is that the case? Right. 
yeah, yeah, that's that's what's going on. Here. Okay, so he's covered, okay. right? Yeah. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Uh, again, let me ask one more question just before we break here. Uh, talking about uh, back to temporary layoffs. If an employer wants to be able to lay off temporarily, what do they have to do? Well, if an employer wants to lay someone off temporarily, the best advice is have an employee uh, sign an agreement, and usually you would do that right at the beginning of the employment relationship, that says that. That says, you know, from time to time, if business requires, we may have to lay you off temporarily. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's probably the best way to do it. Uh, And then if in the future you need the flexibility to lay someone off temporarily, you can do that. The only other way to do it is really with the employee's agreement and consent, uh, because otherwise, if you don't get their agreement to be laid off temporarily, you may then face your, uh, be faced with a situation where you think you've just laid someone off temporarily only to realize you've effectively let them go, and now you have to write them a big check for severance, which is what re- you really you were trying to avoid to begin with <laughs> right. by laying them off. So uh, consent, but I- ideally with an employment agreement. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, Leor at employmenthour.com and one 821 5,900 more of the Employment Hour on the way on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. There is also one 821 5,900 to get a hold of Lior and Lior at EmploymentHour.com. We'll talk about uh, a little later on in the show about SeverancePayCalculator.com and other good things you can use outside of show hours, tools that you uh, you could have in your arsenal. First, uh, we'll take to Kat on the phone. Hello, Kat. Hey, hi. Good. What's happening? Okay, my question is, if you work for an agency and they lay you off, are they responsible for paying severance? And you, you mean uh, like a, a temp agency? Yes. So you, through the temp agency, you do work for a certain company? Yes. Absolutely. So if that's your, who your employer is, and which is in that case would be your situation, you're the same as every employee in the sense that if you're no longer working, you're entitled to severance. Now, is that okay, sw- I just want to give you the quick scenario. Please, yeah, go I'm ahead. Not for, I'm not calling for myself. I'm calling for my partner. Sure. He worked for one year for an agency. Yeah. They put him with a company for that full year. Yes. Oh, other company. That full that year was with that whole company. They he asked for one day off. He had never had a day off in that year. He asked for a day off. They uh, gave him the day off. The agency called him uh, two days later and left him a message saying don't come back, uh, the company doesn't need you anymore, and we will find you something else. Well, they never did find him something else. He was off for quite some time. He went six weeks. They never even gave him his uh, unemployment papers, Wow. His separation papers, nothing. He had to finally go to unemployment themselves and request them to get the papers from the agency, and he went through hell, you know, waiting, no money, no nothing, and then finally... Um, he started getting unemployment, but still no severance. And that's been a year now since he worked for that company. He went for months without getting a job, and um, he now um, has got a good job. Good. But uh, he never got no severance pay, no nothing from that company. So what does, he, what does he do? Well, Kat, let, let me tell you, everything you've described is, is in many respects illegal and, and completely wrong, and there's zero question that he's entitled to severance. So let me first assess how much severance he's owed, and then I'll tell you what we can do about it. Uh, okay. So he was there for a year. What kind of a job? What was he doing there? A machine operator. Machine a operator. operator. Okay, yeah. approximately, you know, in a sense, how much he was earning? He was making, through the agency, $13 an hour. Got it. Way, and under, way underpaid. Underpaid, sure. And, and how old is he? 31. Okay, so he's a, he's a young person, and I say that because one of the factors is the length of uh, the age and length of employment and position. In his situation, he'd be entitled to a couple of months' pay, okay, two months. 
uh, two months of severance. Uh, and, and what I propose is they give me a call. Either myself, one of my colleagues, perhaps a paralegal that we work with, can help him in this situation to get that compensation. The good news is, Kat, it's extremely straightforward. Uh, we should be able to resolve that very, very quickly. So have him give me a call. There's a two-year limitation period. He hasn't yet missed it, so uh, so he's fine. Have him give me a call. I'll help him, or, or one of my colleagues will, and we'll get him the severance that he's owed. Kat, that number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. So it, again, who who pays for his uh, who pays for his severance? The temp agency or the employer? Strictly speaking, they both are liable, uh, okay. but in this case, it would really you, you don't need to worry about the second company, the company he was actually physically working for. The temp agency is the one that. Uh, uh, took on the responsibility. They're the ones that ultimately provided him with his termination paperwork. They're the ones that are going to have to pay him a severance. So if I'm a company, I'm going to hire five people. Why don't I just use a temp agency for all my employees? It'll get me out, get me off the hook for uh, for severance. No? Well, if they continue working for you for an extended period of time, you're going to be considered at some point to be their employer as well. Okay. So it doesn't solve that problem. Could he, in fact, go after that company uh, that he actually was working for physically for a year? Yes, absolutely he can. He probably doesn't need to. But let's say the temp, the temp agency tomorrow went out of business. Could he go after that other company? Absolutely. So you can't really get around your legal obligations if you're an employer by just hiring people through temp agencies in the same way that you can't get around your legal obligations by simply calling everyone an independent contractor. Well, I don't have any employees. I have 50 independent contractors. I don't, I don't have to pay severance. I don't have to do anything. Uh, so uh, th- that doesn't work. The law is smarter than that. The law, again, looks at substance, not form. So if someone works for you, uh, exclusively for you, takes direction from you in your facilities, your offices, they're your employee. Temporary layoffs, you mentioned that the only way, or at least one of the ways that an employer can uh, can nip this in the bud is by uh, the onset of, of the onset of employment at the beginning of the contract. What happens if they're midstream and they want to introduce something like this? What do they have to do? Well, uh, an employer that, uh, you know, oftentimes I have employers listening to me and I talk about employment agreements and how important it is for an employer to have a proper agreement with their employees. And they say, okay, Lior, you've convinced us. We want to have these employment agreements, but what do we do? We have 20 employees. They haven't signed proper agreements. So how do we get them to sign? Well, the, the only advice I can give in that situation is that to have an enforceable agreement with an existing employee, yes. you have to give them something in return for signing that agreement. So that could be anything. You say have to, you mean legally? Legally. Okay. Yes, otherwise it wouldn't be. If they simply say, the employer simply says, hey, employee, here's an agreement, sign it, and they sign it, that's not going to be enforceable. So the employee has to get something in return. So maybe that's a one-time signing bonus, a pay raise, a promotion, an extra day's vacation in 2015, whatever it is, anything of value that the employee otherwise wouldn't have a right to have. So that's how you do it. So maybe you simply say, okay, every time we promote an employee or we give them a pay raise, we're going to say, okay, we're going to promote you, employee, but first we need, to sign, you need, uh, we need you to sign a new employment agreement. That's a good way to do it. Uh, or uh, simply to say, okay, all employees, we're going to have you sign these agreements. We're going to give you a signing bonus in return. So that's the way to do it. And that agreement can have various terms that give the employer flexibility in the future. Take a short break, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell or 1-855-821-5900. That'll take you to Lior and his firm directly and Lior at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the show coming up on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. You also have the option of 1-855-821-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com to ask a, uh, an email, question, or contact. Uh, Rick, you're, uh, you're on the show. Welcome. Uh, hi there. Good, pal. How are you? You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. 
Um, yes, in general, um, I, I believe I, I phoned your company before, and um, they told me that uh, I got called back from somebody, and they said, in general, um, your company doesn't deal with um, people who are unionized. Mm-hmm. Could you explain that a bit further? Yeah, of course. And so it's not that we don't, it's that we can't. In fact, the only one that's allowed by law to deal with the unionized employee is the union. And there's no exceptions to that. And you can't say, well, the union's not helping me, so I'm going to find someone else. You're not, not able to do that. The union is the only one allowed to help a unionized employee in all situations with few except, with no exceptions, in fact. So it's not that I don't want to or that we make a point not to deal with unionized employees. Is that no matter what I want, I cannot do it. So that's really the answer, and that, that applies in every situation. So it's not about whether you have a good case or whether I want to help you. Is I am not allowed by law, by statute, to work to represent a unionized employee. If you could, you would, you would never sleep. Yeah, no, I mean, you know? it, 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 would, it would be very good for my business. Don't get me <laughs> exactly. wrong. I simply cannot do it. Yeah. We'll get to a, uh, another call. Got uh, Steve on the line. Hello, Steve. Hello there. Good morning. Good morning, Congrats. sir. How are you? <laughs> Say, well, what depends what time you get up. <laughs> what, you got a question, pal? What's, what's going on? Yeah, I got laid off about a year ago, and uh, going through the uh, papers, and I, I remember signing my employment contract on the second day of employment. Uh-huh. Right. Now, now, what the fellow did, the boss did, was date it for the day before in, in ink. So uh, it's it looks like my word against his, but in my black and white copy, I've got a, a blue ink uh, date before I sign. So I'm just wondering what the uh, what my options are. Well, it's a good question. So if, in fact, the contract is signed on the second day, as you've just described, then it wouldn't be legally enforceable. And uh, now, that said, if, if there's a dispute as to when... It was signed. It comes down to credibility, like every issue, who is ultimately believed. But the answer is an employment agreement that was signed after employees started working, even if it's an hour later, it doesn't matter. It arguably is not enforceable, which means if there's a term there that's not favorable to you, let's say there's a term there that tries to limit the amount of severance that you're owed and you lose your job, the employer cannot rely on that term in the contract because the contract itself is not enforceable. So uh, if, it, if you're ever in a situation where there's, the employer is trying to enforce that agreement, there's a negative term there and you don't think it should be enforceable, you need to give me a call so we can discuss it. But the answer is it shouldn't be enforceable. Steve, did you not say it was backdated to the first day? Because you said it was the second day you signed it, but they dated it back one day, right? Yes. So it still doesn't matter. It's still the first day you started work. You're right. Even if they were smart, so to speak, they should have dated it two days, back. Two days before, the day yeah. before you started working. Because even if you signed it on your first day, it is still too late. So you're probably fine either way. Now, we did by fax in these, uh, in the, the month before. I said, okay, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I signed it and faxed it back. I see. But he was, he was insistent on me signing it when I got there. So I'm not... If you signed a copy the month before, even if it's through fax, then it is enforceable. It doesn't matter if you signed a second copy on the second day. So if you signed it before you started working and faxed it in, it is enforceable, and it doesn't matter really what you did the second time. It's so that timing is so key, key right? Key, absolutely. And potentially an agreement like that could have a lot of problematic terms that he wouldn't want to be enforceable, but in his situation, they probably is. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Got, uh, is it Gez? Yes. Good. How are you, man? Good. How are you? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm a full-time worker, a field service technician in computer field, and I get paid 40 hours, 
but when it comes when it comes over time so they call it a utilization time which is only count when i go outside for work let's say one call i have two hours one call let's say another an hour so on that specific day i have only three hours to be eligible for overtime which is they accumulated the last four weeks i have to work 160 hours utilization hours not i am in in the office uh, uh, sitting down so you're you're so, you're an it guest right you're an it professional it's not IT. I'm a field service technician in the hardware side. I see. Okay. Well, it's interesting because uh, there's an exemption from overtime for IT folks. So people send there in IT are not actually technically allowed to, to or not required to, to get overtime. If you're not an IT person, if you don't fall in that exemption, then what you've described here may in fact not be legal. You should be getting overtime for any hours worked over 44 hours a week. So well, you should be getting paid for all your time, but any hours over 44 a week has to be paid at an, a time and a half. So if the formula that your employer is using results in you getting less overtime than if you were paid properly, then that's not legal. And in fact, you may be owed compensation. What I propose with respect to overtime, okay, only, uh, is to contact the Ministry of Labor. They're, they're going to be in the best position to tell you whether you fall in that IT exemption and if the employer in fact, owes you money. And if, if you do want to pursue it, they can help you get overtime that's owed to you uh, going back up to a year. So if, with respect to overtime, unlike with termination, yeah, you no, cannot, no, no. should not, do not ever talk to the Ministry of Labor. With respect to overtime, it is fine to do that. So that's what I recommend guests do. Okay, then uh, one more before a quick break. Got uh, David. Hello, David. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, I got a quick question. Uh, I work up uh, with a company. We run ice roads up from Yellowknife up to the Diamond Mines. Cool. Full time. Now, we just got back. We're up there since January. I'll be off till the end of April, and then we're going to be hauling uh, fertilizer and ammonia out in Saskatoon. The nature, we make very good money over the course of the year. I make about 90000 a year. But there's big holes in employment because, you know, we, we, we go three, four weeks without pay. Just, you know, but we make good money. However... Um, the, a lot of the Easterners, they, they, they don't sign full-time contracts. They're seasonal. They go home and they collect UI because they get the separation paper and company calls them back, right? Right. Now, my question is, I guess I can't collect UI. Uh, for That was three weeks. But I could be here in Toronto and I got people who are owner-operators and take little runs down through the states. Now, they pay our benefits. Part of the benefits is my travel insurance is paid. So if I go to Cuba or something, that's fine. However... If I rather go to TD Bank and get, you know, Blue Cross, can I use my benefit cards? For, because the, the insurance would say, wait a minute, you're working for another company now. But, I, you know, the premiums already paid. Why would they care? I mean, the, the thing is, if I go down the States, if I get hurt or sick, would it matter that I happen to be in a rig that's not my company as opposed to going down in my own car? So it's kind of a twofold. Can I get any? Because for that time off, yeah, it's good to be home, visit family and friends, but I need, it's, it's a little bit too much time off and it affects my cash flow. So, you know, while I'm waiting to go back to work, my company doesn't care if I work because I'm not competing against them. They say, fine. But will my benefits be negated if something happens to me down there? So working for another company, can you use the benefits from the, the first company is basically yeah. what he's saying, right? It's basically the travel insurance. Yeah, no, generally speaking, no. The benefits, if you have benefits uh, through a company, then you can only use those benefits while you're employed by that company. So you cannot use the benefits otherwise. And I understand 
you know, you'd think the insurance company wouldn't care, and then perhaps they shouldn't. But no, generally speaking, you would not be able to use the benefits in that situation. That said, though, going back to something that you did say, is if you're going to be off for three weeks or four weeks, what have you, uh, because of the nature of the business, there's absolutely no reason you cannot collect EI, okay? So you should be able to collect EI for that period of time. There's an inter- what we call an interruption of uh, an earnings. Now, there's a two-week uh, wait period for EI. So for two weeks, you may not be able to get EI, but for the rest of the time, you can and you should. So you should apply for EI and, and get that. Even without separation papers because I'm a full-time employee? It doesn't matter. You should still get EI. And in fact, the employer should be anytime, even if you're not being let go, anytime there's what we call an interruption in earnings, the employer is required to give you a a record of employment. You should talk to them about that. And if that fails, you should talk to the government of Canada on that because you are entitled to EI and your separation papers for that period of time. You're always putting money in people's pockets. I try. How about mine? No. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Get to a couple emails. And that is Lior at employmenthour.com before we wrap the show for another week right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Get to our last few minutes here. We'll keep you updated on the severance pay calculator and terminationquestions.com uh, termination as well, things you should know. Outside of show hours, first, I wanted to uh, get to an email before we wrap up. I've got a, a bunch come through today, which you will, I know, answer uh, outside of, of show hours. Jill. Uh, we'll get to her, says, my employer let me go. I tried to negotiate my severance with them, and they said it is their policy not to pay any more, and they won't change it. Uh, is there a point to having Leora review my severance letter? Yeah, and, you know, believe it or not, actually, questions like this or variations of this question, uh, I actually get quite often. Uh, it's the employer saying, well, this is our offer. It's good enough, and we're not going to change it. Trust us, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and the employee said, well, they told me it's it's their offer, and they're not going to change it. What like it or lump it. Yeah, nonsense, okay? Absolutely nonsense. Their obligations are dictated by law, okay? So if the law says the, the offer is not good, then it's not good. If it is good, then that's fine. So it doesn't matter what they want to do, what their policy says, what they think they are doing, uh, or, or what they intend to do if you negotiate. It's a question of what Jill's legal entitlements are. So the only way to find out, well, is to, to, to get some advice or use the calculator. We'll talk about that in a second. And if it's not adequate, I can promise you it's not going to be difficult to negotiate. It's not going to be difficult to improve it. So don't be intimidated by them saying we're not going to improve it or that it's fine. Hopefully it is fine. Hopefully once you get some advice, you determine that the package is fine. So there's really nothing else to talk about. But you need to take that step to find out if your offer is good. Uh, otherwise, you really potentially are, are, are losing, or you could be leaving on, uh, on the table money that you're legally owed. Because chances are, you know, you're not the first person who's come up to them and said, you know, this isn't correct and I've got a lawyer. Right? No, it's not. And, you know, listen, 90% of people that I see don't have, an adequate, pa- don't have adequate packages. So uh, chances are, not knowing anything about our situation, that her offer as well is not adequate. Severance calculator. Well, there you go. So, so what does Jill do? Jill uh, can call me anytime, and, and we've been giving up my number throughout the show. But there's another option. She can go to severancepaycalculator.com. She can uh, do the thing herself. It takes literally 20 seconds. Uh, she'll plug in her age, her length of employment. She'll pick the type of job that she has from a drop-down menu, mm-hmm. and it's going to tell her, you're entitled to six to nine months of severance or 10 to 12 or what have you. And then she can look at that and compare that with what she've, she's been offered. Wait a second. The severance calculator says I should be getting six to nine months of severance. I've been offered four. This can't be right. Well, that can't be right. That's not adequate. Well, now she knows. Now she knows that she needs to call me. Now it's no longer yep. a good idea. Now it's a necessity yep. because at that point, it's, uh, it's about getting her what she's legally owed. 
So severancepaycalculator.com, it's a really neat tool. We've created it uh, just a year and a half ago. Uh, uh, close to 100,000 uh, people have used it so crazy. far. It is, uh, it is crazy. I can't, I can't believe yep. it when I saw those numbers. So don't be left out. If you want to know how much severance you're owed, uh, maybe you just lost your job or you're worried about losing your job, or maybe you just need to have that information in case it happens, severancepaycalculator.com. Easy, easy. Or you can just download the app for uh, iPhone, iPad, and Android. 30 seconds. Termination questions. Good, yes. too. Well, guess what? We're, we're here live on the weekends for an hour, but only for an hour. So what happens if you have questions otherwise? Uh, and you, you, Maybe you're bashful. You don't necessarily want to call me. You're not sure. You go to terminationquestions.com. You ask me the question right there. I'll answer. One of my colleagues will online, anonymously, completely, uh, completely free. So really, it's an extension of our show, terminationquestions.com. Good one for another week, my friend. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, the number is 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. And emails Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.